Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He is the co-host. His name is Pat Owan J. Hello, hello, hello. Folks, we have a lot to talk about in the land of movies, TV, comics, and more. So definitely join in the conversation on social media. You can find all of our links at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. Join in on Facebook. Join in on Twitter. Join in on Instagram. Join in on Podchaser. Drop a five-star review. Same thing with Apple Podcasts. And always remember, use the hashtag ODPH. We have a lot to discuss because this weekend, there is actually a lot going on. Yeah. Streaming-wise, video game-wise, but nothing is more bigger than the return of the boys to Amazon Prime. Uh Now, Pat, you have not seen the show yet. Nope. But let me give you a quick rundown and get you maybe a little enticed for it because the fact that the boys is coming back and it is going to be one of the big moments of 2020. Yeah. It's so wild to think about. I'm saying before anyone comes jumping down my throat, how come you haven't seen the boys yet? Slow your roll. Temper (laughs) your expectations. Stop typing that email you're going to send to the show. Stop typing that tweet. I don't have Amazon Prime. It's that simple. I'll let you borrow it because it is well worth catching up because to see where this book came out, because originally it started as a comic book in twenty or 2006, right? Okay. Written by the one and only Garth Ennis. So I've you, heard that name. You know his name. You know his work from Preacher and his run on Punisher. Uh-huh. He he is not exactly what we call a superhero writer. No. So the fact that when it was announced that him and Derek Robertson were teaming up to write a story about what would happen if superheroes were running the world and how corrupt they could become. Or maybe even a more realistic view of, of you know, a super-powered team. Because yeah. don't get me wrong, I like Justice League and all. You know, it's a great book. You mm-hmm. know, and it's Avengers too, I guess you could say. But that's kind of one of the drawbacks of, like, you know, I would say Superman per se, is that, like, as good as he is and as awesome a character as he is, there is no way on God's green earth in real life that anybody would be that good a Boy Scout and that well-mannered like every day of the year. Mm-hmm. At some point, somebody like that, if this were a real world, they'd be like, all right, screw this, knock them into next week. Yeah, so you see where power corrupts. And I've heard people say this is a realistic take if the Justice League was around mm-hmm. because they have basically taken over the world. So what are you going to do to stop them? Yeah. And this is where the story of the boys comes in because it's a group of people that are trying to stop them by any means necessary uh, for various different reasons as you go through. So when it debuted on Wildstorm, the side uh, imprint that was under Jim Lee, and then when he came over to DC, obviously DC Comics absorbed the imprint. Uh Uh, Wildstorm was publishing the book for six issues until DC kind of jumped in and uh, I don't think they were on the real same page, in in my opinion, uh, with uh, Garth Ennis's vision. Because uh, when you're pretty much parodying the Justice League uh-huh. and going a lot of not safe for workplaces with sure. your story, sure, I don't think that that was going to exactly fly with DC. Probably not. So 
I will say, though, it was very interesting to see the DC allowed uh, Ennis and Robertson to take the property elsewhere, and they wound up going to uh, Dynamite for it. Mm. Published uh, from issue 7 to 72, the book ended in 2012. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, it was picked up by Amazon Prime yeah. for a TV show. Oh. Connected with it was one Eric Kripke, who you know from Supernatural fame. Okay. And one Seth Rogen. Oh, interesting. Yes, which he is an executive producer on the show. And to see where this has definitely spawned out to, Carl Urban is the star of the show, uh-huh. Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr, Aaron Moriarty, Laz Alonzo, uh-huh. uh, Chase Crawford's in this. Uh-huh. Um, they have a star-studded cast. So yeah, I'd say so. Going through the stories and trials and tribulations of these everyday humans fighting these godlike superheroes. Uh-huh. And how it goes about, it's a wild ride to say the least. Uh, Carl Urban as Bully, Billy Butcher is absolutely just mesmerizing on screen. Okay. Just how his charisma carries through to the character. Because if you read the comic, mm. uh, the, like I say, I can't stress enough, the comic is a lot more darker, a lot more, uh, dare I say, sinister to a degree. Okay. It, it's such a very over-the-top, not-safe-for-work read. Yeah, and I should mention, uh, saw a thing uh, while we were getting ready for the show. If you are a fan of the boys and you would like to read the comics, there's a great deal going on. Humble Bundle right now. This isn't an ad. This is just something I found. And hey, sure, might be interested. Uh, Humble Bundle has a that's Humble Bundle has a deal going on where if you want, you can get all 72 issues of the comic book series. Uh, so that's the full run of the boys plus Project Superpowers and more. All for $15. Wow, that's a deal. You want to take a stab at how much that bundle amount would cost you normally? <laughs> purchase a per- hundred bucks. Yeah, purchase separately. It'd be about $265. Wow. So you can get the whole run plus Project Superpowers for 15 bucks on HumbleBundle.com. That's amazing. Now, if you're not a huge fan, you, you're not quite sure you want to dip your toe in a little bit before you, you go full tilt, uh, they are offering, uh, they do have tiers. So the first tier is just $1. You got to pay $1. Uh, you get the first two volumes uh, of The Boys, which includes issues 1 through 14. You also get Project Superpowers Volume 1, the Christmas issue, Xmas Carol, uh, as well as the first volume of the Black Terror spinoff series. So you're getting a whole bunch for a single dollar. The fact that there's a Christmas episode is just hysterical to me. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to hold in my laughter. So, and we should note uh, the comics are, digi- are DRM free and come in multiple formats. So whatever comic reading app you use, it should work on there. Yeah, so it's definitely worth picking up. And yeah. I, I do recommend the books, but like I, I will give you the highest warning. It is so not safe for work, and they go a lot more places than the TV show has gone thus far. Mm. Uh, they do the TV show. I will say does follow the story a lot. Uh, it does differ in certain aspects, but it definitely captures the tone mm-hmm. of the show, or the tone of the comic rather. And like I say, from uh, Billy Butcher's character, the former CIA operative, uh, and how he rounds up his team of the Frenchman, or Frenchie, uh, Tomer Capone plays him, uh-huh. uh, who's a former mercenary. Laz Alonso plays uh, Marvin Milk, or a.k.a. Mother's Milk, as they call him. Um, they're pretty much the the heavy military background. They're the ones that um, definitely are the only ones that can really hold up to the seven. Okay. And when they're reluctantly teaming up with one Huey Campbell, who's played by Jack Quaid, uh-huh. because... Uh, Campbell is on like a little bit of a vengeance. Okay. Because it shows in the beginning of the comic and the show too, which they play superbly, he's walking with his girlfriend. It's a nice sunny day. He's holding her hands like, you know, okay. And then all of a sudden he's covered in blood 
He's holding the two hands. And what does he see? He sees one of the seven, A-Train, who is the Flash character of of the show, uh, basically run right through her. And he's like, oh, I didn't see her there. And he's like, and he's freaking out because he's like, oh my god, you just killed my girlfriend! Like, how are, how are you saying you didn't see her? Uh, Jesse Usher, who plays A Train, he plays him phenomenally, and it's just basically how I would say it's not exactly uh, Barry Allen by any means. It's mm-hmm. more like Bart Allen. Yeah, that he's just somebody that is relying so much on his superpowers that it just clouds his judgment a lot. Mm. And how they cover it up is they're tr- like. The seven is sponsored by Voight Industries, mm-hmm. and they're basically funding him. It's a lot like Youngblood. I would say Youngblood, oh, okay. Young, Youngblood meets the Justice League. Okay. And when they kill off Huey's girlfriend, they're trying to pay him off, and he's just not hearing it. And somehow he connects with Butcher, and the story unfolds from there. And basically, it's a completely wild ride, and you find out a little bit more about each character's background. Plus, you also see how a new member is joining the Seven, and it's really focused around Aaron Moriarty, who plays Starlight, who comes mm. from the Midwest and is, you want to say, you know, bright-eyed to the big city, you know, very naive, and unfortunately gets a very harsh lesson from the team mm. early on, uh, which is all under the watch of one Homelander, played by Anthony Starr, who is absolutely over the top as the sadistic superman that's basically mm. how you could describe him and as we go through the different characters i mean queen Maeve, who is uh dominic uh mcelliot uh who is the wonder woman type character as well uh chase crawford who plays the deep who is the aquaman of the character mm. or the series but when i say the aquaman it's not the jason momoa type mm-hmm it's more the super friends gets completely made fun of on the memes mm. just completely um is not really thought that highly of on the team. Okay. Um, it's just kind of the examples. And how they go back and forth with the boys during this entire first series, it's a lot over-the-top violence. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of very, very dark humor. Uh, it's very interesting to see how the play is uh, with one, uh, Madeline Stilwell, who's played by Elizabeth Shue, who was the head of Voight International, who is the one that is behind the seven and how she is manipulating the seven and the public to thinking of how important these heroes are. I mean, I know there is one instance and I don't want to go into too much spoiler territory Uh where Homelander fakes an accident. Okay. And thus gives this big public plea after the said accident and thus is winning over the public to say about how the seven should become the national defense of the world. Mm. Like it's a, it's so over the top house of cards ish mm-hmm. that it's, it's so well done by Anthony Starr. Like I said, I, I can't say how much of a, an amazing job he does as the sadistic Superman of the group mm-hmm. and how it leads off in the first season. It definitely goes into a lot of different directions because you find out not, I'm going to try doing the spoiler free pad. Okay. They really go to the background of Butcher versus Homelander because there is a backstory that we find out about. We also see about how the Seven is dealing or gets a lot of their powers from this Compound V, mm-hmm. which is almost like in the Flash Velocity Five. Okay, to put in the same degree. Okay, so A Train um, is probably the most addicted to it. Sure, and when he starts having, um, dare I say side effects from it, uh, it comes up at the worst time because Starlight 
is connecting with Huey. Uh-huh. And this, I mean, you, if you see any of the trailers, this isn't really a spoiler, but you might not know the whole backstory. They have like this weird Romeo Juliet thing going on, uh-huh. and when A Train catches on with this because they're looking for the boys, they wind up having um, a standoff fight, and the lasting shot of these um, season finale is A Train is having a heart attack ah. while Starlight is fighting him. So whatever happens from there, we're going to find out. Plus, there's also a big reveal with Butcher and Homelander that I don't think anybody saw coming. Probably not. So that being said, we now dive into this coming Friday, September 4th. Amazon Prime has announced that they're going to air the first three episodes of season two on Friday. And then they're going weekly a la DC Universe. um, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. So they're going to go that instead of just just uh, straight Netflix binging. I think that I think that's better. I think it's so much better. Like, oh uh, yeah, because a I I used to be able to do the whole binge a whole show in a day, mm-hmm. to, you know, thing, but I just can't do that anymore. Life and just I can't can't stay awake as long as I used to. But I love you know I was kind of skeptical of it when Disney announced they were going to do that for Disney Plus. I was like, ah, you know, I really like watching stuff all at once, but like. It's nice because you have that you a week to let things breathe and really think about it and rewatch stuff and catch stuff you didn't see the first time, you know. And it and it's just nice to you know because that's the thing with binging. It's fun to do and it you know you, if you can do it great. But like you finish it quickly and then you're like, well, damn, what do I do now? Yeah, it's one of those kind of catch twenty twos because yeah. I do like binging some episodes sure. and then some other ones. Sure, it just. I, I just wind up not having time for it. Mm-hmm. And the boys, I will admit, I binged and I had no problem doing it, but I also watched it after it came out. Like, it sure. wasn't like the first weekend. Sure. So now that it's coming out and it's going to be, you know, episodic, mm-hmm. uh, if I can say that for the it's weekly. It's going to be weekly. It's going to be weekly. I mean, however you want to define it. I think it works out better, especially right now with, unfortunately, so much being shut down. Yeah. That it gives people something to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it works out in its favor because the fact that they're going to be able to really go forward and really kind of dominate the fall, mm-hmm. I think can only help them as a win-win, especially with how well the series has been done. So far, the reviews have been very well That's good. coming in for the next season. I'm not going to try going into any spoilers for it because sure. I have seen the trailer. I know that they really dabble around what's going on with Butcher, and you see how the boys have really taken the task of fighting the the seven. Mm-hmm. There's a new member on the team, Stormfront. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see what her agenda is. They did uh, do a uh, gender flip from the comic. Okay. So Aya Cash is going to be playing Stormfront this season, and her powers are up there with Homelander's. Okay. So, but a very different motivation. I'm not sure how they're going to be following the comic. If you have read the comic, yeah, uh, Stormfront is not exactly a good person by any stretch of the imagination. So to see how this is going to get thrown into the mix is going to be, the I think, the dominating point of this season. Uh-huh. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh-huh. We do know that there are a couple other people that are joining the boys, one of which is Patton Oswalt. Ooh. So we don't know what his role is going to be as of it's yet. That'd be great. But, yeah, it's Patton Oswalt. So you, you, where can you go wrong with him? Uh-huh. You can't. Plus, uh, there is an uh, actor close to your heart that is joining the show. Yeah. Who is that, Pat? Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yes. So he is going to be taking on the role. On it's a busy dude. He is a busy guy. But I tell you what, he, he crushes. He's playing the role of Stan Edgar. Oh. Um, so what exactly that's going to be implying, I don't know. But they have really star-studded this cast. And I think what's so just dominating about this is 
considering where this book came uh-huh. and when you hear about a book that is stopped being published on a major publisher and it goes indie, sometimes fans are not doesn't they don't follow as much so, uh-huh. sometimes just because you know different reasons you sure. know, they think well you know something's wrong with the story sure but to see Garth Ennis's vision still the show maintains that vibe and to see how well it radiates I mean what do you think that it says for the state of independent comics coming to TV uh, I think there's definitely an avenue for it and I definitely think there's a market for it hello the boys mm-hmm. hello Umbrella Academy I just think they have to find the right medium for it because, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, the, what were the two that were on Sci-Fi? Was it uh, Deadly Class? Deadly and, Class. Deadly Class. And what, yeah. what was and, it? And Happy. Happy. You know, which had a fan following, you know, definitely saw the hashtags the night they were on. But I think the issue with it is they weren't on the right medium per se. Mm-hmm. And that might not be the right word. But when a bulk of your demographic, you know, the comic fans and what have you, are are cutting the cord, you know, not watching TV, putting it on. And I get that the sci-fi app is a thing, but not everybody wants to go through that hassle and deal with the ads and deal with everything else, you know. But I think putting it on network television or, or cable television is it for a, for an indie comic might not be the smartest thing just because a lot of those, like I said, a lot of that demographic is cutting the cord. So this is why something like The Boys indie comic works on Amazon Prime. People have Amazon Prime. You know, people have Hulu, people have Netflix, you know, that's, that's what they're going to these days rather than just buying the cable bundle. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you. I mean, to see the creative freedom that they're allowing yeah. on the streaming service, not that that really hurt Deadly Class, I would say, because um, Deadly Class was pretty spot on with the comics. Right. And that's the other benefit when going with streaming as compared to cable television. Cable television, you have to curb it back unless you decide to show it at like three in the morning and then nobody's going to watch it. Yeah. You know, streaming with be it Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, you can just go nuts. Like as great as The Witcher is, I think it would work well on a network television, but it wouldn't be the same show. No, it, it would be toned down. It wouldn't be as violent. It wouldn't be as graphic. The monsters might not play as big a role as they do in the first season, which is a detriment to the show. But that's the issue you run into when you run on, on regular television. No, absolutely. And I think that to see where Amazon is just taking advantage of uh-huh. the creative freedom and, and they have not taken anything away from the book. Sure. Which, which I think was the biggest thing going into this is, okay, what's going to happen when a show tr- like this translates onto the small screen? Uh-huh. I think in certain cases it's worked out that it hasn't hurt by any stretch of the imagination. No. Um, I think for the most part, the audience is there. But like you touched upon, with Deadly Class, it was a, a tough thing because of where it was. And, uh-huh. and the book, while it is a, a very good book, and I know that it has that indie buzz to it. Sure. Uh, it just, for whatever reason, sci-fi wanted to go in a different direction with it. I mean, they're entitled to that. Yeah. I was actually surprised Happy got a second season. Right. I remember you saying that. Yeah, which, I mean, Happy is just one of... Happy would have benefited, I think, more so on Amazon than it would have on sci-fi. Oh, it would have been... I didn't watch it, but I heard stories of it. It would have been weirder than it was. Yeah, because they... Amazon, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have to like hold anything back. No, they they would just let them go completely crazy, which I, which I completely understand. Yeah. And you need to if you're going to be trying to tell a, a visionary like Garth Ennis's ideas on mm-hmm, screen because mm-hmm. he goes a lot of wild directions. Yeah. Happy is – like the fact that we had Happy and it was so well done in the first season that we got the second, I was just amazed. Mm-hmm. But then when both were canceled, it was like, yeah. okay, well, where are we going with the future of indie comics on the small screen? We have heard about FX doing Why the Last Man, but that's mm-hmm. been in – Haven't they done that before, though? 
Um, Not them, but somebody else. Uh, no, it was well. I think it was talked about on HBO at one point, wow. and it, it's been rumored to go from different places. But we really haven't seen that book show up yet. I know that there was supposed to be some talk lately, but mm. I haven't heard anything about that. Which I mean, coming I swear out, they did something like that on television. They yeah. they might have. Like I don't I don't remember seeing if if why came out we missed it. I don't know how we did that. Maybe I'm confused. Uh, I'm looking at the. Uh, comic page on wikipedia uh looks like i might be confused thinking of something else i think unless you're thinking legion no i'm I'm, you know what i'm I'm thinking i'm thinking of something else okay but either way we haven't really heard too much about the indie comics breaking through to this i mean i know that netflix has has ran with the umbrella academy oh yeah and i know they've had a couple other shows that they're they're going very niche you know with their shows you know it's not like it's all the randomness that was a couple years ago with house of cards and then Orange is the New Black and, and, you know, Marco Polo and all this other stuff. Like, they were all very good shows in their own way. But they're definitely going very niche. You got Witcher coming out. I know they're working on a Witcher animated movie, something or other. You know, uh, they're working with Warner Brothers and Rooster Teeth with the Transformers stuff. You know, I know, I think they just announced they're doing a a Resident Evil Mm. uh, animated series or or regular series, something series. So they're going, Netflix is going very niche. They're they're definitely skewing towards the video games, and I absolutely love it. Well, it's smart to do because I think the public really wants to see something different. Oh, yeah, and and it's a safe bet for these services, be it Hulu Amazon, Netflix, that they're great stories. Hello, they've been going, you know, they've all had runs of long times and it's got a built-in fan base. So there's no there's no question for you of, okay, is this going to be any good and are people going to watch it? Something like Resident Evil that's been going for, God, what, 30 plus years? Yeah. You know, hello, that do is it going to be good if we get the right people? Are gonna, people going to watch it? Yes. Well, and I think the boys really benefit from that. I think I can't see anybody else playing Butcher other than Carl Urban. And Carl Urban just eats up scenery when mm-hmm. he's on there. He's so charismatic. Like, you are just captivated. And, like I said, when he bounces off with Anthony Starr as Homelander, it's a, like a one-two punch right there. Like, it has just been so well done. And, I mean, everybody from top to bottom on that cast, mm-hmm. they, they have just done it so perfect. And to see where they're going to go this season, and it's really going to be a fun ride. Like, I'm yeah. super excited to see it. And the fact that we're going to get three episodes this Friday, I know that I think the Wednesday Pull List podcast, shout-out to Lex, is doing a watch party for it. I know that East Coast Avengers are going to be watching it. I think there's so many people waiting to see this show return. Uh-huh. And to see how it's broken through yeah. to the mainstream is just wild to think that this book, when it originally came out, is now part of pop culture. Uh-huh. It's just so crazy to see of how well done it is. But it's also another kudo to what Amazon Prime is doing. If you really take a look at their lineup with The Expanse, and we talk about Jack Ryan, and we talk about Hunters, and then we go into what they were releasing at Comic-Con with True Seekers and Utopia. Uh-huh. And they have so much stuff coming out right now. I mean, you have to, you can't help but applaud them at all. Like, they have just been putting in so many good shows lately. It's just absolutely crazy. And the boys is... I mean, you got to argue, is it the flagship show right now? Uh, for right now, yeah. I mean, it's it's in the conversation between that and The Expanse for me. I mean, mm-hmm. and Jack Ryan's up there, too. Like, they have so much content coming out right now that everybody's going to really start flocking to it. And I'm hoping that this really causes some of the other streaming services to step their game up to take yeah. some look at some indie books. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Netflix does The Umbrella Academy. I do count that as indie, even though it's Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. But Dark Horse is indie. It's one of the most independent comics oh, yeah. companies running. Absolutely. Valiant, you're seeing get a little uh, movie time with Bloodshot, obviously, and mm-hmm. whatever's going to go on with Harbinger. I haven't heard anything lately. 
with that whole universe. But to see that an um, indie comic is really busting through to the mainstream is always great to see. I'm hoping this opens the door for some more. Mm. And I'm really hoping that some other streaming services really take the liberties to run with it. I think network TV is tough to do for it. I just yeah. think so. There's just too much standards and practices to really tell that vision completely. It's not to say it's out of the realm of thought, but if you really want to start going on the creative process to really hamper something like the boys mm. on network TV, it just wouldn't do it justice and it'd just be a complete failure. But for Amazon Prime to really sink its teeth into it, really go follow the subject matter and even know how crazy it's going to get, how not safe for work it's going to be. Yeah. I, I can't just sit back and just like wait to see what we have because like I said, early reviews, I've read spoiler free uh-huh. and they've just said it's just as good as the first season. Right. I'm fully believing it from the sources I trust about it. I'm going in though completely blind to it. I cannot wait to see what we get. And I tell you what, we're going to be probably talking about it next week here on the podcast. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. This Friday, Amazon Prime Video, The Boys, Season 2, Episodes 1 through 3 come out. Are you excited or are you not? And let's talk about that when the episodes drop. We definitely need to have that conversation. So hit us up. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you tired of watching the same old awesome movies? Are B-movies more your style? Then the folks over at They Call This A Movie have you covered. Join us every Thursday as we review the worst of the worst in sci-fi, action, comedy, and more. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean at theycalledthisamovie.podbean.com. They Called This A Movie, testing the strength of friendships, one terrible movie at a time. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for segment number two on this edition of the ODPH podcast. And this weekend is not just for streaming. No. It is a monster video game weekend. Oh, yeah. Huge. And I think that it's going to be really tough to decide what you're going to be playing because I know there's one favorite that is dominating Twitch, uh-huh. dominating streaming, uh-huh. dominating YouTube, maybe to a certain degree. Oh, it will be by the end of Well, it's, it's tough because this weekend, oh, boy. Uh, it's going to be real something, especially when you go to pick up uh, these games at your local uh, game store. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tough call because there's one classic that's returning, and then there is the monster that has is debuting. Uh-huh. It got dropped a little early, so we are going to break down what you should be picking up this weekend because it's a face-off time. Yeah. In one corner, yep. you have Square Enix Presents Marvel's Avengers. Yep. And the other corner returning, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. One and two. Break it down, Pad. Yeah, so uh, both games come out this weekend. Of course, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 is a remaster, plus some new stuff added in, of the two classic uh, games you played back in the day. Or if you're younger, you may not have played. Highly recommend you pick it up and play it. It's a great game, great Mm. games. Uh, But yeah, and then the other big one, uh, 
coming out this weekend is, as Ken mentioned, uh, developed by Crystal Dynamics and published by Square Enix. It is the original story, you know, not tied in with the movies, maybe tied in with the comics. We'll end up seeing. Who knows? Uh, you know, Avengers games starring the Avengers you know and love uh, from the movies, uh, you know, but with an interesting take on it. You know, A, you got A-Day going on and, and the team is forced to disband, you know, if you've seen the trailer, and but then they've got to reassemble to save the world. Uh, you know, they got I know from the trailers and the clips i've seen on tv they gotta fight aim you know i know modok's gonna be a thing it's gonna be real good yeah i've been watching a lot of the streams that we've had from some of our uh, fellow content creators to shout out to wonder soul shout out to east coast avengers mm-hmm. the game looks amazing yeah and i know there was a lot of i want to say trepidation a little sure. bit when it first came out because everybody's complaining about the graphics don't, and the characters don't look like the movies yeah right. which I think you have to realize that not everything is going to look like the MCU. Also, you got to write special deals and you got to pay the actors to use their likeness, and that gets rather expensive when you're talking Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, just to name a few. Yeah, so obviously with Square Enix doing what they're doing, yeah, I had no issue with what we saw. I just wanted to see how the gameplay was looking, yeah. and it looked phenomenal, and the storyline is a very interesting one. Mm-hmm. That it centers around Miss um, Marvel Kamala Khan though a yeah. lot, which I which I'm very happy to see, because yeah. it does set around that her story begins that she is writing some fan fiction sure stories. Um, so this might be a little bit of spoiler for you. Well we, we know, well, we know she's a fan just because I know when they've unveiled her being in the game, uh, the the trailer they showed uh, one of the first shots was of her bedroom. And she's got like they're the only thing I can call them is like those party decorations you see at birthday parties. Yeah, you string up on the walls. Except they're all the Avengers logos. Yeah, you know it's Captain America's logo, it's Thor's logo, it's you know Robert, De- it's uh, Iron Man's logo and what have you. Yeah, so where it starts off with her story is that she winds up going to this contest for fan fiction and she winds up meeting the Avengers. And it, it, there's definitely a lot of movie influence. Sure. I will say from this. Sure, sure. Without going too uh, super spoilery. But they also wind up having this A-Day, which is supposed to be this big celebration of the Avengers Uh get ruined by AIM, who shows up. And we do see some various different members of the MCU villainy Uh up here. I know Taskmaster shows up. That video has been circulating around. Right. Uh, Which, by the way, did you see Taskmaster so far? Uh, No. The costume looks amazing for the game. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, which I know a a lot of our fellow uh, content creator friends have said, I wish this was the actual movie version. Mm. And I have to agree. I I saw the costume because there's a little little scenario with Taskmaster in there that you'll definitely be excited about and then where the storyline goes of why the Avengers have to separate or they disband Mm -hmm. and then what brings them back to reassemble. It's very interesting to see how the setup is. The story uh, so far has been incredible. Yeah, no, I, from the little gameplay I've seen, it's very good. And I know some people might be excited for Taskmaster. I'm still pissed off at him from the Spider-Man PS4 video game. Oh. And anyone who's played that game knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. You've been griping about him forever. Fuck you, Tas- Taskmaster. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You're going to be yelling that out whenever Black Widow debuts at the theater, aren't you? Uh, I'll hold it in just because I might get thrown out. Uh, well, on the on the third show, and maybe we'll just see maybe out. maybe. But either way, to see how they're kind of deep diving into the MCU and how they're really playing around with a, a lot of different elements, yeah, I think is very cool. And I think oh, for, definitely for the Avengers to return to video games, which uh, they haven't had many. No, we there really hasn't been many. And I mean, Sorry, I looked them up. 
Oh, break it down. Pat. Yeah, so I looked them up. Uh, so this is, there have been a, obviously a bunch of Marvel games, some good, some not so good, uh, but specifically the ones that uh, had Wikipedia pages because uh, there were some that didn't have Wikipedia pages. Uh, uh, these are the ones I, that had pages. Uh, the first one you had was Captain America and the Avengers, uh, which released in, what is this, uh, 1991 uh, and was for the arcade, Super NES, Mega Drive slash Genesis, Sega Game Gear, Game Boy, and the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, so that was the first one. It was, you know, uh, four players simultaneously. You know, it's kind of a beat em up platformer action type game. You know, mm-hmm. so that was that was kind of the first one. Uh, the next one you had was called Avengers in Galactic Storm, uh, which was, again, uh, made by uh, Data East and, and was released in 1995. and was kind of a fighting arcade game. So another one of those, you know, kind of Street Fighter, you know, type of things. I vaguely remember that mm-hmm. because I remember the at that time that was supposed to be their big crossover event. Mm-hmm. And I remember it kind of fell flat a little bit. Yeah, like I, it's it's noteworthy for the Avengers history, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't one of those like earth shattering moments. And I remember when it was getting rolled out of the video game form, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I I see it, and yeah, kind of wondering why. Yeah, uh, the next one uh, again had a Wikipedia page for it was a game called Marvel Avengers Alliance, uh, which came out in March first of twenty twelve. Uh, this was for Facebook, Apple. Uh, Apple, iOS, Android, Windows, and then PlayDom.com. You know, so that was it was, and the, the page describes this as a turn-based social network game that was developed by American uh, American Studio Offbeat Creations. Uh, you know, it says it was based on characters and storyline published by Marvel Comics and written by Alex Irvine. Uh, the game was pl- available as an Adobe Flash application via the social networking website Facebook. Uh, it officially launched in Facebook on March 1st, 2012, and was initially released as a promotion to the 2012 Marvel Studios crossover film, The Avengers. Mm. Uh, it did win an award for Best Social Game on the Video Game Awards in 2012. Uh, after that, the next one you had was Marvel Avengers Battle for Earth. Uh, this one was for the Xbox 360 and Wii U, uh, which released on November, what is this, or excuse me, October 30th, 2012 here in the States, uh, a couple days later ov- overseas. Uh, and then another one uh, that I personally love, and to me it's because short list. Uh, you had uh, Lego Marvel Avengers. Yeah, uh, solid. That, that was that was a good one. Another one you had was Marvel's, I forget the name of it, it was like Marvel Superheroes or something like that where it was like it was because lego marvel avengers was based off of the movies yeah but the other one i forget i'm blanking on the title with it it was one of the games i got as a bundle deal for my ps4 when i bought it was lego marvel superheroes or something like that i think it's something like that fantastic game prob that one is probably one of the best avengers games they've done Mm. simply because lego marvel avengers it's kind of behooven to the, the movies and you kind of that that one was not so at one point you're on a submarine facing dr doom with iron man wolverine the human torch and and uh what was it ant-man mm. you know so that one was really cool but yeah no not many marvel uh, avengers games over the years no because they did lump everybody together for the ultimate alliance right, right. Yep. Which, I mean, the first Ultimate Alliance in, um, God, what year was that? I can look that one up. I want to say that was, what, 2006? Something like that. That game set the bar for a lot because I know they kept the X-Men separate at one time and then they got everybody together for Ultimate Alliance because I, I know it's going to sound weird for a lot of our uh, younger audience, shall we say, but the Avengers were not always the hot franchise. Ultimate Alliance came out in October of 20, 2006. Bam! Got that. Um yeah, the Avengers line was never super big until after the Iron Man movie. No. Like, it died off. Like, just for that time period, the X-Men books were 
the the books. Mm-hmm. Like nothing was ever coming mm-hmm. near. So when the X Men rolled out in their own separate, separate stuff, it made a lot more sense. So then after Iron Man started taking a little more buzz at the, yeah. at the movie theaters. Yeah. Um, Marvel decided to finally get everybody on the same page with Ultimate Alliance, which well, was a great move. Well, and even even before Iron Man One came along, Spider Man was a big one because yeah. you had the Sam Raimi films coming out. I remember you know going to my library and picking up volumes of Ultimate Spider Man. You know they always had Ultimate Spider Man. They never had any because I know they were doing Ultimate Avengers at the time. You know my yeah. brother had the first volume at, at, at home. You know, but the library never added those uh, Ultimate Avengers books. No, they definitely didn't, which it just goes to show just how the Avengers had fallen by the wayside, which, mm-hmm. which is a shame. But then they did start putting some more creativity behind sure. it. Like, sure. nothing against the people that were writing the books at the time. It just, when you get the big hot creators, mm-hmm. and you know, always know when they get the, the big it books at the moment, mm-hmm. that's where they kind of go to. So for the Avengers... When they finally got the shot in the arm and became the new Avengers, that's when it really started taking off. Mm-hmm. But as far as video games go, yeah, I mean, it was always kind of interesting to see how it was going to play out. And then, obviously, when they wanted to do Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, and, yeah. and they were borrowing so much from Civil War. Yeah. Like, that's, I think, where the game fell flat. Well, and I mean, that the thing with Ultimate Alliance was Ultimate Alliance was a good game, but just kind of looking through, after that game came out, there was a lot of crap. Yeah, Spider-Man Three came out after that. You had Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Obviously, those two tying into movies. Uh, you had the Ghost Rider game, which again tied into a movie. Uh, you know, you had Iron Man, which that game was, eh, yeah, eh, eh, okay. Uh, Spider-Man: Web of Shadows, which is okay, not not great. You know, I enjoyed it at the time, and it's eh, okay. Uh, X-Men Origins: Wolverine. You know, you had Ultimate Alliance Two, which people love. But you know, after that, it's kind of like a lot of crappy Spider-Man games, with the exception being Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man video game is amazing, mm-hmm. you know. But there's just a, like a ton of games that, like, I I'll, I'll be honest, I forget some of these even came out. You know, Spider-Man: Edge of Time, totally forgot about that one. Remember playing yeah. it? Wasn't exactly a good game. No, definitely wasn't. So for Marvel to really get the emphasis back on their video game properties, mm-hmm. they definitely had to come and deliver. And obviously, the Avengers are the dominant franchise so right now for marvel the, they're the hot button they're the hot button right now so why not ride the hot hand yeah. and it made sense and especially square enix uh-huh. the hype had been there square enix is good just they can't ever deliver a game on time yeah that was going to be the big question about this so the fact that Hello we actually kingdom hearts 3 for 10 years pad still holds a grudge uh final fantasy versus 13 oh i'm sorry final fantasy 15 for about 15 years yeah so YouTube that one. Yeah, hey. that's, that, that, that's that. not a, that's not a joke, folks. Final Fantasy 15 was supposed to come out in 2006 as Final Fantasy Versus 13, but got delayed for 10, 15 years, and they eventually, you know, what? Why don't we just call this Final Fantasy 15? Because in the intervening years, Final Fantasy 13, 14 had come out, and I'm 13 2 or some nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely a <laughs> that's a rabbit hole that I, mm-hmm. I don't even think we we got time to go down. Nope. But to see now, getting back to the Avengers game, to see the hype is there, mm-hmm. and Square Enix has delivered so far. Like yeah. I said, I don't want to... Star-studded voice acting cast. Oh, break it down for us. Ooh. So, uh, playing Taskmaster, you have a gentleman by the name of Walter Gray the Fourth. Not been any... You know, he's been in some big games. He was in Vader Immortal, but it's listed as Miscellaneous Crew. He was a voice talent for... Listed as voice talent for uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, he was he played. A, he was in The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, it was in Death stranding uh days gone the spider-man ps4 game so he's been in some been in some stuff but this is kind of at least to me his first major role mm. uh playing kamala khan you have a woman by the name of sandra sad uh who you might not know the name but if you hear the voice you might know her uh she's been in a 
bunch of uh, big video games. She was in Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, Elder Scrolls Blades. That's the uh, iOS. That's the mobile game that uh, the Elder Scrolls have. Okay. Uh, she was in Fallout 76, you know, a whole bunch of other. She's in Smite. Uh, and then playing one Iron Man, you have Nolan North. Okay. Very well-known voice actor, Nathan Drake in the... Uh, Uncharted, oh, okay. Uncharted video games. Uh, he was Deadpool in the uh, Deadpool video game. Run down his uh, credit. His credits on IMDb. You'll know him from something. I promise you. Uh, playing Bruce Banner, you have Troy Baker, very, very well known uh, voice actor. I'll just read off his uh, known for off his IMDb list. He was Joel in The Last of Us. Okay, so he's the main character. Uh, he was Booker Dewitt in Bioshock Infinite. So that's the main. Oh, that's right. the main guy from the cover. He was the Arkham Knight in Batman: Arkham Knight. Ooh, uh, and then he was also Nathan Drake's brother in Uncharted Four. Wow, so a very well-known voice actor. Again, him in Nolan North. Run down the IMDb list. You will know him from something. Very well-known voice actor. Uh, playing. Uh, what's the next one I've got here? But uh, yep, playing Black Widow is a woman by the name of Laura Bailey. Been in a couple of things you might have heard of. Uh, she was Abby in The Last of Us Part Two. Okay. She was also Mary Jane Watson in uh, the Spider-Man PS4 video game. All right. So that's very interesting. Ooh, interesting. Uh, she's got a uh, credit listed here for the upcoming Harry Potter video game. Ooh, hello. Interested in that mm. one. Hmm. No idea. There's rumors about that one, but I don't want to get into that. Right yeah. Now. Uh, also listed here, you ha- uh, playing Thor uh, Odinson is a gentleman by the name of Travis Willingham, and I had to look. This is why I looked up this whole list because the voice sounded real damn familiar. Uh, he played Thor in the uh, of Mar- of Marvel Avengers Assemble uh, animated series from oh, okay. back in 2013. Because okay. like I was watching a guy play, and I heard the person playing Thor, the, the Thor yell, and I go, "That sounds like the Avengers Assemble." Animated Thor, which is a great series. Highly recommended. It might be on Disney+. Plus. I think it's on Disney+. Plus. It's a great series. Uh, he did play Thor there. He was also Harvey Dent in the Telltale Batman uh, video game series. Okay. So he was that one. Uh, and then playing... What's this next one here? I've got uh, a gentleman by the name of... Uh, sorry, losing my place here. Page is jumping. Uh, Jeff Sheen, who is playing Captain America. Uh, he was in the Resident Evil 3 remake. He was also in uh, the Walking Dead Telltale series. Uh, Javier, which I think is after I stopped playing, unfortunately, uh, was also uh, additional voices in Final Fantasy VII. He's been in... Uh, he was in Kingdom Hearts 3 as additional voices. Just Cause 4, Red Dead Redemption 2, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. You know, so he's been on a whole bunch of stuff. This one, though, the next one, though, really surprises me. Playing the Hulk, or at least the voice of the Hulk, is a gentleman by by the name of Durin DePaul. Uh, if you're an Overwatch fan, he is Reinhardt. Uh, he was Sin in Shazam. Okay. He was also J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man PS4 video game, which... Holy shit! I thought they actually got J. The I thought they actually got the J.K. Act, Simmons. I thought they actually got J.K. Simmons for that game. He sounds just like him. Wow! Look up, look up a video of J. Jonah Jameson Spider-Man PS4 video game. It's a dead ringer. Interesting. Well, it's good to see that they went full out for this cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I fully expected them to. I mean, obviously, the Avengers, like we said, is the biggest franchise at the yeah. box office yeah. right now is the MCU. So they definitely want to make sure they put their foot down and really plant some groundwork for. Mm-hmm a good run in the video game yeah. genre because, I mean, obviously video games are still a very relevant part of pop culture. I'll say, Christ, look at the all the accolades and awards the Spider-Man game got. You know, yeah. Game of the Year and won a whole boatload of awards. There's a market for it. People will play it. Yeah. And you just got to make a halfway decent game. Well, you have to make the game, and that's why it has to stand out, and especially with the properties that you have in your hand. Mm-hmm. 
that this is the Avengers. And that and yeah, it's the Avengers and, and tying games to movies just never work. No. It's a too short a time frame for them to make it. It's always cookie cutter, it's always rushed, there's always issues. And yeah, some of them might be fun for the nostalgia of it, but at the end of the day it's a terrible game. Yeah, it's absolutely awful. So overall though, man, I gotta say I am impressed with what I have saw yeah. in this game. Yeah. And and to bring the Marvel banner back to prominence. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying this is the greatest game ever. I don't want no. to come across it. But I think for Marvel, it's a win. Yeah. Oh, so absolutely. Far. Yeah. From everything we've seen on the streaming, yeah. and I know that there are a couple things that they still need to work through. Sure, that's, that's, that happens, though. Well, it, it happens, but I, I'm hoping that it, it definitely gets improved as mm-hmm. it goes on. I mean, one thing I remember our good friend Wondersoul was talking about is mm-hmm. the Hulk was having a tough time opening loot boxes, mm. which it's okay. the Hulk. Yeah. So yeah. how does that happen? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I know they play test these things, but let's face it. You can't play test everything. There are things that people are going to find that you just never would have thought or considered to do. Right. So, obviously, they do have the vein of the MCU in it. Mm-hmm. And they definitely have a lot that it's enticed fans. And sure. the story, like it was said, I don't want to go into too much spoiler for it, but everybody has been ranting and raving about how well it's done. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has to be such a huge win. Yeah. That Marvel definitely wants to ride this as far as they can go. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Make a I mean, Marvel Games universe. I mean, it yeah, happen. why not? I mean, because I know that the Spider-Man from the PS4 uh, game yep. is going to be a DLC in this game. Uh, for PlayStation only. For PlayStation only for now. Yeah, I would imagine at some point he'll go both ways. But hard to say just because Sony owns the, the studio that made that game. Yeah, so unless... I don't know. Who yeah. knows? We'll see. Yeah, because I'm just trying to think if there'd be a, a, another way to kind of get around that, but it's hard to say what they're what they're going to allow to do. Mm-hmm. We do know that Hawkeye, yep. Clint Barton is going to be a, a DLC. Kate Bishop as well. Kate Bishop is too, yep. which which makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. With Kate, I think Kate's coming before Hawkeye is. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think Hawkeye's coming later in the year. But in the like, how, I don't know how the time frame is working or how soon they're releasing any of these. Whether it's going to be like a bunch at once or once a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Kate Bishop is coming before Hawkeye. Okay. Which and I and I and I know Hawkeye is coming from what I was reading the other day, early, other day or earlier today. I forget when. Um, Hawkeye is coming with a free story update. Like it's going to be like an add-on oh. story thing. But don't worry. You will not have to pay for said story. If you buy the game, you get the story update. Oh, that's cool. And that's the other awesome thing with this game. And you see, you're seeing a, a few studios do with next gen consoles coming out at the end of the year. You know, at some point they still haven't announced a date or a price. Um, if you buy this game for either PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, you will get an automatic upgrade, probably a download code or something, uh, for your next gen console uh, if you buy it. Oh, so so if you buy it on PS4 and you end up getting a PS5, say for Christmas, uh, don't worry, you won't have to buy a second copy of the Avengers game. You will get another. Uh, you will get a copy for free. I can get down with that. Oh, absolutely, it's, it's great. I know Destiny's doing the same thing. I believe uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is doing the same thing. A lot of these big AAA games, they're like, are coming out relatively close to when the next gen console is coming out. They're just hey, get get one for free. It's a smart business move to do. Absolutely. And especially if you can entice fans that are kind of 50-50 if they want to get a new system. Uh-huh. If you're going to say you can carry over a game such as Avengers, yeah. and the buzz about this has been huge, uh-huh. I think that's more of a selling point than you think. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, going to be a wild couple of months for video games. Definitely is. So yeah. we, we are giving our, our thumbs up thus far from what we've seen. Uh-huh. So definitely go check it out. I know that it's uh, for the standard version, it's $60 in the U.S. Yep. 
$80 for the uh, deluxe version, which mm-hmm. I know you get um, the Obsidian skins okay. for your cast, and um, you get nameplates, too. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, it, it, the costumes look cool. So if you are into that, I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Definitely check out the streams of our good friends Wondersoul, East Coast Avengers, Wednesday Pull List. They've all been playing it on Twitch. Maybe we're going to kind of do something with that, too. We're kind of experimenting a little bit over on twitch.tv slash 6 podcast. So definitely stay tuned for that. But Avengers, like I say, has got some stiff competition because returning to your video game shelf, uh-huh. the man, the myth, the legend, Tony Hawk. Pro Skater 1 and 2. Break it down, Pat. Holy cow. So this one kind of came out of nowhere, especially because, if I'm not mistaken, the, the licensing deal that he had with whoever the hell was the studio that made Activision, it. I think? I think it was Activision. Um, when Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 came out, and if you're a fan of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series, you don't talk about 5. 5, <laughs> five is god-awful. 5 doesn't exist. Um, that was the, you know, it's kind of like a record deal, an artist's record deal, that like, oh, you have to make X number of, of albums under this deal. That was the last game they had to make under that deal, so like the deal ran out. Mm-hmm. So this just kind of came out of nowhere that they're like, oh, hey, yeah, we're going to remaster... Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two, and we're gonna like add some stuff to it, and add some char- add some characters, and add this and add that. So like a lot of people are excited. Yeah, I mean this is gonna be coming out. Uh, Activision's publishing it again. Mm-hmm. And to put this in perspective, when Tony Stark, t- yeah, Tony Stark, Tony Hawk, you imagine? Well, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna go into that in a little bit. When Tony Hawk Pro Skater came out, there really wasn't a video game that really captured skateboarding like that. No. I mean, there was Skate or Die for the NES. I know I'm dating myself, but that's the closest you found to it. Mm-hmm. But this was, I want to say, like the vibe of a Madden to football. Yeah, I'd say release, initial release was on August 31st of 1999. Yeah. And to see where it went, I mean, you could do a lot of tricks. There, yeah. There was some stuff that was over the top, but let's oh, yeah. face oh, it. Yeah, it's a video game. We're in a video game. Yeah. And they even had, at the time, hidden characters in there, mm-hmm. which I remember Pony, or Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 had Iron Man. Right. So, ironically, Tony Stark was in the game writing a skateboard. They had a deal worked out with Marvel. I, I think Wolverine plus was in I, there. Plus, one. I think Activision was making the Marvel games at that point. Yeah. So, so was, that's easy to so do. So you could definitely do it. And they also had every pro skater, those world ranked or friends, yep. of, friends of Tony Hawk. Yep. So the authenticity was there. I just remember because I didn't own it or a PlayStation 1. My cousin did. Mm. And I remember going to my cousin's house a couple times and playing the game. You know, especially that and two, and just, and just whatever game it was that had the airport uh, terminal level or whatever it was. I want to say two. I, I just remember playing that at nauseum and just loving yeah. the hell, hell out of it. Oh, it was it was completely crazy because mm-hmm. I mean just to see how it was and like I say how realistic it was to skateboard for the time. Yeah, and you have to remember at that time period too. This is when the quote unquote extreme sports era was breaking out. Mm-hmm. I would say to where the X Games were blowing up. Uh, and you were also having just these, I don't want to say fringe sports because I don't, I, th- I, I, I never treat them as fringe. They're just, you know, at the time they just weren't mainstream. Right. And you got to, the other thing, I couldn't remember what exactly year it was, but it, uh, if the Wikipedia, I sir, yeah, uh, the, the year the game came out and probably the summer the game came out was the year that Tony Hawk hit the 900 at the X Games. Yeah, which was wild to think that he did a 900 rotation on a skateboard, which had never been done in the history of man. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk, to try to put it in perspective, is arguably the GOAT of skateboarding. Yeah, and, and extreme sports, and two. Yeah. So to, to break that in perspective, to see him get his own game and just see how oh, yeah. far... 
that went. And, and especially how successful it was because I he did an interview, and I think you can find the clip on, on Facebook uh, where, you know, they ask somebody, whoever's interviewing him, asks him how much money they, they made off of that game. And, and I forget the exact dollar amount he said. But he's like, it was enough money. You know, he says the dollar amount. He's like, it was enough money that, like, I could see, he goes, I could take a step back from skateboarding and, and look at other ventures. Yeah, it's absolutely wild to think what he made off it. I mean, like I say, that time period of the 90s, the late 90s, that's mm-hmm. when he had the first X Games. They were yep. uh, 95. And then when this game came out, it just carried the momentum. Cause, mm-hmm. I mean, and for a lot of people now, I think they're kind of going, well, what's the big deal about it? Yeah, and I, and I remember a couple of years when those games were coming out, you know, especially in one and two, that, like, you know, a couple of years prior, it was Pokemon. You yeah. Know, it, was, it was Pokemon coming out, and that was a hot one, and everyone had their Game Boys at school and playing that and, and the cards. But the, once Pro Skater came out, it was everybody talking about, oh, did you, were you able to do this on, on this level? Were you able to do that? Did you unlock, did you know you could unlock this character? Yeah, it's absolutely wild to think how far it went. And obviously, after you get to a certain point with video games, sometimes they kind of tail off a little bit. Yeah. So you have to say, Tony Hawk had the same instance happen. Like we said, we don't we don't even talk about number five. Mm-hmm. That just didn't happen. But what really stood out about this whole franchise is it really broke skateboarding into the mainstream. I, I would say more so than it already was. Yeah. Because like I said, for being an alternative sport, that's the word I was looking for. Okay. This really captivated what the '90s were about with the X Games and and skateboarding, and like I said, Tony Hawk was you know featured on ESPN for doing the 900. Uh-huh. And to see where this franchise was going as a video game, plus another point that I think is slept on a lot is the soundtrack. Yes, of this, and this was one of the first franchises that really captured the sound of skateboarding. Uh-huh. You know, from the various different like pop punk and and punk rock and and hip hop. It just had so much yeah. of, just of a, of a great mix yeah. that I know now. I That's one thing I'm seeing pop up going into this weekend mm. is people are finding the Tony Hawk playlist. Ah. And they're and they're tagging it up on Spotify and, and whether, you know, wherever you find your music. It just goes to show how much of a game can influence mm-hmm. generations. Yeah. And you want to say, like, for the decades, this game, when it's coming out, uh, there's going to be a whole new uh, – group of video game players that are going to play this for the first time and yeah. get hooked. Oh, yeah. And for a lot of us that used to play this, this is going to be a trip down memory lane and then some because oh, yeah. to get oh, this yeah. on a next gen, Oh yeah, forget about it. Mm-hmm. How exciting is this, Pat? Oh, it's absolutely f- phenomenal, especially you think of there are people who played this game that now have kids of their own. Yeah. That, like, you can have that, you know, that those kids, you know, those, those parents now had moments with their parents of playing games, and you know, maybe it's Mario or, or Zelda or, you know, something like that. But now these parents can have that moment with their kid, like, hey, you know, Fortnite's fun and all, but, like, let me show you something that I used to play. Let's have some fun with this. Yeah, so it's going to be definitely something to take up the time this weekend, especially if you're indoors. This game will eat up time on you, mm-hmm. but it's going to be the good to eat up time. Yeah, like I say, for everybody that's, that's looking for something else to do instead of Fortnite and sure and Minecraft. Well, especially this the, gives you an option, especially the next couple of months because I didn't realize it, but holy sugar cookies, there's a lot coming out the next couple of months. Oh, break it down, Pat. So obviously this weekend we had we mentioned we uh, Marvel Avengers and Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two are coming out. Uh, also the same day, it's NBA Two K Twenty One. Uh, that is coming out this weekend. Uh, coming out on September 18th is Crisis Remastered. Uh, that is, of course, a remastering of the original Crisis game, which, if you're not familiar with, uh, 
the running joke is it, the graphics on it were so good that a lot of people's computers couldn't run it. Wow. Also, uh, if history is any indicator, I would not pirate this game because the, the game studio is notorious for putting stuff in the game for those who pi- people who pirate the game. Uh, Google or YouTube search crisis uh, gameplay pirate. Or something like that. You'll find you'll find it. Uh, also coming out on the 18th is WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still not sold on that one. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, on the 25th is Mafia Definitive Edition, which is of course uh, I believe it's a remastering of the original Mafia game. Uh, then coming out in October on the second, you have Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Also on the October 2nd is Star Wars Squadrons. Okay. Uh, then on October 9th, you have FIFA 21. October 16th, you have both Dirt 5 and NHL 21. Uh, and then on October 9th, 29th, you have Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, and then in November, you have, on the 10th, uh, one day after my birthday, you have Destiny 2 Beyond Light, which is the next expansion for the Destiny uh, 2 series. Just Dance 2021 is coming out on no, uh, November 12th. Uh, November 13th is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Uh, on the 17th is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, and then on... S- November 19th is Cyberpunk 2077. So if you are a gamer, there is no shortage of great games to play the next like three months. But it all kicks off with these two big ones yes. this week. Yes. I mean, how how exciting is it if you're a video game fan right now? It's very exciting just because, you know, DC's had its fair share of good games, especially the Batman ones. Oh, played, yeah, absolutely. You know, but Marvel really hasn't. It's been a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. You know, I know people hold Spider-Man 2 to this, like, golden pedestal that it's so great. And don't get me wrong, it was fun, and the open world was re- unique for its time. I still have memories of the little boy going, my balloon, yeah, every five that. fucking seconds. <laughs> you know, for me, the Spider-Man, the, the Marvel games, like, Ultimate Spider-Man, for me, was the benchmark. Yeah. That was, the, you, compared to the stuff now, it's, like, not a lot. But well, it's for, dated. for its time... You could free roam New York, all you know, even into Queens, because it lets you go to his home in Queens, and you could fight all these gangs up and down New York, and you could race the Human Torch, and or, you know, and that's how you got faster swing speed. But like that was the benchmark, you know. But after that, it's kind of like, eh, you know, Spider-Man was very, very missed for a lot of years until the PS4 game a couple years ago. So I'm, I'm excited to see Marvel make a resurgence with the video games. Yeah, me too. I mean, this is a definite, definitely an event mm-hmm. and how it's really taken over social media too. I, I'm, yeah. I, not to say I'm shocked at it, but I'm shocked at how great it did. Mm-hmm. Like for the minute it's been dropping, it's been everywhere on Twitter, everywhere yeah. on Twitch, yeah. everywhere on YouTube. And it's, it's just dominating right now that you can't escape it. Not that you'd want to, if you're a fan, but just how much it's really blown up and shown the proportion. And now you have Tony Hawk coming in right behind it, too. Mm-hmm. So you have back-to-back games that you're going to try playing. If you're a UFC fan, you're still playing the UFC game that just right. came out. What a time to be a video game fan. But it really kicks off this weekend with Square Enix's Marvel's Avengers and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What games are you picking up this weekend? And what's your thoughts on Marvel's Avengers if you played it? What's your thoughts on Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2? Are you excited to see that franchise return? Let's talk. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything Everything I Learned from from Movies. And tonight, tonight, like every night, we bring (laughs) you questionable movies and pass the lessons that we've learned on to you, as well as we go over some great beer and funny third thing. Yes, we're excellent beer reviewers, and as BJCP certified beer judges, we sort of know what we're talking about in regards to that. The movies? Eh. 
<laughs> so if you want to hear us talk about uh, odd movies and uh, is he talking about BJing, Woo! Uh, listen to us at eilfm.podbean.com. That's everything I learned from movies.podbean.com. Hey, honey, are you ready to pop that top? <sniffs> Woo! My top! Hi, this is Tyler from Second Suitor, and you're listening to the ODPH Podcast. I want you to get it. I want you to understand. I'm doing the best I can, but not as good as I want to be. I just want to get it. I just want to comprehend that I have to make amends with the Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. And to start off one shots, unfortunately, we got to start off on some sad notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, had a few deaths over the weekend in, yeah. in the entertainment industry. So, yep. Pad. Uh, starting off, uh, first one we're going to mention, uh, you may not know the name, but once I tell you what he was in, you will understand it. Uh, Norm Spencer passed away. Uh, he was best known of being the voice actor of Scott Summers' Cyclops in the X-Men animated series uh, from Fox uh, during the 90s. Uh, played him, for me, it, and especially it's bittersweet now rewatching that series uh it, it you know he for me is scott summers mm-hmm. you know as, as good as you know the actor was in the uh original run of the movies and even a little less so in in the kind of reboot per se you know he is you know norm spencer for me is cyclops yeah i, I agree with you fully i mm-hmm. mean the animated series. Yeah. I mean, so, such a great series. Yeah, absolutely. And like every time I, I see Sky, Cyclops, I think I hear his voice, mm-hmm. you know, no matter even if I'm reading the comics. Yeah. Like that's how you know when you're a voice actor, yeah. if you can translate over to another medium. And like yeah. I say, every time I'd read X-Men comics, yeah, that's a, that's the voice I hear him in. I mean, that's the thing for me when I reread Lord of the Rings every couple of years. Like I'm reading Gandalf's lines. I'm hearing, you know, uh, Ian McKellen's voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously rest in peace and, mm-hmm. and our condolences out to his family, friends, and yep. fans. Yep, and then the other one we want to mention is, of course, uh, Chadwick Boseman, who unfortunately passed away uh, last week at the age of 43 in Los Angeles, shockingly from uh, colon cancer. Yes, diagnosed in uh, 2016 with yeah. stage 3 colon cancer and battled to, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, until his passing was but down to the bitter end and, and oh you, th- you think about it that was, nobody knew uh outside of his immediate family you know and i and his agent but you know diagnosed in 2016 so he filmed one two three four five six seven eight nine ten ten movies in wow. in that time you know all battling you know cancer and you know best well known obviously from playing you know t'challa black panther from the avengers and the marvel films also well known though for being uh james brown in the in the biopic of uh, get on up uh was also played jackie robinson in the biopic uh 42 you know just a great number of films he was in you know great actor great human being Always, you know, looking out and visiting kids and taking, yeah. taking time to see the fans. Yeah, I think that's one thing that just seeing what he was going through, and especially he was still making time to go see uh, his fans in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been countless pictures of it. Yeah. I mean, this this news, it was just shocking to hear about yeah. it. And just to see that he had been battling this long and still working and still going forward. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just it, – it just, it, gut wrenching. Yeah, it just it hits you right in the gut, and you just 
you know, to just think about just, you know, gone way too soon. Absolutely. And, I mean, 43 years old, and, and look in the legacy he's left. Uh-huh. I mean, and just iconic roles that he's played, like Pat touched upon. I mean, Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and even for, you know, the Marvel Universe. I mean, he is King T'Challa. There's yeah. no question about that. He was also Thurgood Marshall in the movie Marshall. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it is just a huge loss. Uh-huh. And you can definitely you know, feel it when you talk to other fans and just, you know, the impact he's left in just a short amount of time too. Yeah. yeah. You, if you, you know, want to really break it down that way, it's just, I mean, like I said, it's heart wrenching. It's, it's just to see what he was going through. And, and like I say, for us as fans, we had no idea, No, you know, and, and just, to, just to see him keep going and working through this. Yeah. I mean, just nuts. Yeah. I mean, obviously he, he is more of a superhero than we ever think, uh-huh. and and obviously, just a tragic loss. And I know that this was mentioned right after his passing. Uh-huh. That there was a few um, media outlets were already speculating about Black Panther two. Look, time and time and place. not the time and place time to be talking place. about that in any which way, shape, or form. There was there was one site in particular. I won't mention. Yeah, names. yeah. I won't mention names. Uh, if you've been on the internet long enough, you've heard of them. Um, but they ran an article on what Marvel should do for Black Panther less than 12 hours after it was announced he was dead. Yeah. They like it, the news was reported by his family on Chadwick's uh, Twitter, Twitter page and not even four hours later, it was maybe not even three. And, and there was an article up about what Marvel should do since he passed. Yeah. It's just time and places. It definitely wasn't. It was very insensitive. I'm not giving him time of day no. to even mention him. And I, we are not going to talk about anything that's going on involving no. Black Panther 2 no. for a while. Um, I, I think... I'd say at least until they announce something, yes. we're, we're not going to say anything. Yeah, we're not going to say anything. Because I know, uh, you know some people were mentioned about that article to us, too. And like I said, we're not mentioning anything until Marvel does. And... We just want to honor Chadwick Boseman's memory. Uh-huh. I mean, just the legacy he's left behind on film and just yeah. as a human being. Well, so if you haven't, like, obviously, I've, I know, I'm sure a bunch of, if not all of our listeners have seen the Marvel movies. I highly recommend 42. Yeah. 42, not from just a baseball perspective, but from a human being perspective, you know, just is a great story and it's a great movie. You know, a lot of people might know the story of Jackie Robinson, they might, you know, know the name. But it's a very eye-opening film that even me, being a huge baseball fan, if you listen to our sports show, uh, sports show there was stuff in there that I didn't know. Yeah. And, it, and it's just a stellar performance from him. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, like I said. And, just, and the fact that he passed away on the same day that Major League Baseball was honoring Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Just absolutely heart-wrenching. Uh, it's, it's just absolutely heart-wrenching. And like I say, our deepest condolences out to his family, friends, mm-hmm. and, and, and millions of fans around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely heartbreaking. Yep. So, Pad, what else do we have for one shots to yeah. kind of switch gears here? Yeah, switching gears. Uh, it was announced today from the folks at Lucasfilm that we have a release date for season two of The Mandalorian. Okay. Uh, it was announced uh, that the it will be returning on Disney Plus on October thirtieth, twenty twenty. This did come with some new title art. Uh, it's not the same one you you are familiar with. Uh, it is uh, The Mandalorian while all holding the arm of Baby Yoda. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, quote, this is the day. New episodes start streaming on October 30th on Disney+. Plus." So very excited. I know there's been a lot of anticipation and kind of wondering that because uh, Kathleen, Ken- I think we mentioned it in a previous episode. If not, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, the president head of Lucasfilm, did said do an interview where she said Mandalorian, that season two of The Mandalorian did finish filming before uh, the pandemic happened and shut everything down. They finished like five days before everything got shut down. So there was going to be no delay in it. Um, so we finally have a release date of when it's coming out. Uh, I've heard tell and I've heard some rumors uh, that we should be seeing a trailer within the next two to three weeks. Oh, okay. So I, I've, I've heard some stuff. So be on the lookout for that. I'm very excited for season two of Mandalorian. It's a great show. I've already got a little reminder set up in my phone when to start my rewatch. So I, I and I got it timed perfectly that I do the last episode of season one the day before season two comes out. Cannot wait to see Mandalorian. Absolutely. Two. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Boba Fett all day, baby. Yep. Uh, moving on to some movie news. Uh, we got a new poster for uh, the final Daniel Craig James Bond film, No Time to Die. We also got an announcement that there will be a new uh, trailer okay. uh, coming out tomorrow as we record. So by the time you hear this, the new trailer might be out. Uh, of course, this will be, I believe it's the 25th or 26th film in the Bond franchise. It will be Daniel Craig's final film. Uh, I saw the little teaser they put out on Twitter uh, full of action shots. It looked like there was a, a Jeep or, or off-road type vehicle, you know, jumping through the air while chasing a motorcycle. So it looks absolutely awesome. I cannot wait for this movie to come out. Yeah, I know you're super excited about it. I, I will once we start getting sure. back to theaters again. Like, sure. I, like for where we are in New York, theaters are still closed. Yep. I miss New Mutants. Yeah, I, you're I, not according to the Rotten Tomatoes score. You're not missing much. No, you know what though? I've, I've read from other sites I go through that have have actually given a positive grades. Because I, I haven't seen what it is, but I know at one point when it came out, um, New Mutants had a lower Rotten Tomato score than Dark Phoenix. Yeah, but I'm pulling it up. What it is uh, right yeah. now? But just my my point is though yeah. with, with movies. Until I can get back to a theater, like I, I'm excited to see that they're back in production and. and the sense of normalcy will start coming back. Yeah. But until, like, I'm actually sitting there ready to watch something. I'm still not going to see it. Yeah, well, I know you're not going to see New Mutants. New Mutants probably going to be out of the theaters by next week. So uh, It's in entirely theory. possible. So I pulled it up. Uh, as we record, New Mutants has a uh, critics score of 32%. That's a, with a total uh, review count of 57. Uh, and with 1,296 verified ratings, it has an audience score of 53%. Uh, ooh, it's, it's eked back up. Uh, and then Dark Phoenix has a tomato meter of 22% and an audience score of 64%. Dark Phoenix. Uh-huh. Either way, though. Yes. Until we get back to the movie theaters, like, I'm excited to hear about it. I'm just, you know, itching to get back there. And, uh-huh. I mean, as long as everything's safety and health precautions, yeah. you know, uh, uh, is a go, yeah. I'm down to go see it. And, like I said, with Bond, I'm, I'll be more excited when I'm at the theater for it. Yeah. Um, also in some more movie news, uh, I didn't know this was coming, but apparently there's a director's cut of Rocky four in the works coming from Sylvester Stallone. Please break this down for me. So over the weekend, uh, Sylvester Stallone announced that Paulie's robot, if you're familiar with Rocky four, uh, is going to be cut from his director's cut of Rocky four. Of course, Rocky four came out in 1985, uh, and Stallone is celebrating its 35th anniversary, uh, this November with a director's cut of the movie. Uh, very well liked movie very popular uh, arguably ended the cold war yes uh <laughs> it did you know but it's getting its release uh he said quote uh stallone said quote for the 35th anniversary rocky four is getting a new director's cut by me uh he said in an instagram post so far it looks great soulful thank you uh mgm for this opportunity to entertain 
So, but people dug into the comments and, and uh, were asking about the robot. Uh, he said, quote, the robot is going to the junkyard forever. That's so random. Uh, that's what I said. Like, I get it's a wacky part of the movie, and it doesn't make a lot of it's sense. It's 80s, though. It's the 80s. Like, it's just the most random thing to, like, come out that, oh, hey, Paulie's robot is getting cut from Rocky Four. Okay. So, to put it in perspective... The story of Rocky Balboa is an American classic. Mm-hmm. The first Rocky movie, Oscar winning? Um, possibly. Uh, at least Oscar nominated. I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, so I, speaking of Rocky 1, I read a post on Reddit the other day that when he's training and running through Philadelphia and you see people's shock reaction, that's genuine. They didn't have enough money to afford closing off those streets in Philly. Uh, so those are real people. Those aren't actors. Those aren't extras. Those are real people watching Sylvester Stallone run through the streets of Philadelphia with a van and a camera chasing him. Yeah, see, it's absolutely just wild to think mm-hmm. that, you know, this movie, which yeah, did win for Best Oscar in 1977. Okay. Which I just had to look up because I'm just seeing Rocky, Rocky wins Best Picture. Uh, so, like I said... To see how this story unfolded, mm-hmm. and you had the you know ultimate loser come up and get yeah. a shot, and you know he didn't win the belt. Yeah. Sorry if I'm spoiling, but hey, it's been it's, it's out long enough. Yeah, enough said. To see where it went, and then it had the typical Hollywood sequel, yeah. and then three definitely was a cool story, and then four mm-hmm. was the iconic ending. Like yeah. it should never have continued after that, in my opinion. To take out the robot, mm-hmm. which is, it's so... It's not even upsetting. It's just weird. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, and, and plus the fact he has a director's cut. Yeah. Like, honestly, unless he has more of a, a workout <laughs> montage that there's no easy way out. Yeah, yeah. Or there's more of a speech at the end of the film. Yeah. Which Pat touched upon. It did end the Cold War. Yep. Like, what else could he add? It, it's kind of like Peter Jackson a couple of years ago said, oh, there's a longer cut of Lord of the Rings if you want. And I'm like, what the hell would you add? Return of the King extended is already like four and a half hours. Like, what more is there to add? Yeah, like... I, it's like with this, like how much, you know, stuff got left on the cutting room floor that you suddenly like and want to put back in the movie? Yeah, like, it's just so... <laughs> like it's, it's weird. Yeah, I, I like, I have no words for it. It's just so weird mm-hmm. but i'm but i'll be excited to go see i will definitely go to the theater to see rocky four again yeah. and the director's like yeah uh, I, I was gonna say was it gonna be like the snyder cut like <laughs> i like i just like what else could you're gonna have fans divided you're gonna have fans who prefer the robot in the movie and those who don't oh my god we need to see this happen yeah i i'm sorry i need this yeah debated odph mm-hmm. society let's go yeah uh, also in some movie news, uh, of course, Mulan is coming out uh, September 4th, if you've seen the ads on TV, uh, to Disney Plus with the Premier Access subscription, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago. But eagle-eyed fans have noticed today uh, that Disney Pl- did add a page to Disney Plus for it uh, and figured out w- when it's coming out to Disney Plus proper, uh, where you don't need to pay $30 to see it. Uh, it does say, uh, I'm looking at the page on my phone right now for Disney Plus, says Disney Mulan, Disney's Mulan, Premier Access, available. September 4th, 2020 for $29.99. And then it reads, watch before it's released to all Disney Plus subscribers on Disney December 4th, 2020. Uh, Watch as many times as you like with Premier Access and your Disney Plus subscription. Uh, So there you go. If you you are one of those fans who kind of on the fence didn't want to necessarily pay $30 to watch a movie on Disney Plus, you now have a date of when you have to wait till to watch it on Disney Plus proper, and that is December 4th. See, I guess I'm twofold about this. Uh Uh-huh. If I'm going to pay 
thirty bucks to go to the movie theater. Uh-huh. I don't have an issue doing that if I'm really excited to see the movie. Sure. You, know, you think of how much tickets are. Yep. Popcorn. Gas. Gas. You know, you want to do all the math. You can add up all the math. Oh yeah, and it doesn't even take a family of five. Like just me going with my girlfriend can equal thirty plus dollars. Yeah. So like I say, if you go with a date and, and such, yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely crazy to see this and. You know, for a lot of the feedback, because I, I know online people were arguing about, like, well, I would never pay $30 to see it. How much do you spend when we go to a regular movie? Uh, yeah, especially in a big city. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. This, if you're that big of a fan uh-huh. of it, you're going to do it. Because yeah. I will tell you this if Black Widow comes out, yeah. I'm paying $30. Oh, I am too. Now, Mulan, I'm interested to see it. Yeah. I'm just, like, because I, just because I saw the animated movie when it came out in theaters. You know, but I'm not necessarily excited or anticipatory enough to pay $30. Yeah. You know, I'll wait till December 4th to see it. You know, I'm not, like I said, I'm interested because I love the animated movie because I saw it when it came out. I'm interested to see what they do with this one, but I'm not interested enough to see pay $30 for it. Yeah. Like That's I just said. me. That's just me. But if I'm a parent at home with, you know, three kids and, you know, like in the state of New York, like you mentioned, theaters aren't open. I got kids who are chomping at my ankles to, to watch a movie and I'm tired of hearing Moana or Frozen for the umpteenth time. Mm. I'll hell i'll show out 30 bucks for something new if you got the money and you want to do it yeah. do you like yeah. i'm not i'm not hating on anybody yeah. that's doing it because i like i was it was just funny reading online like mm-hmm. people were chirping about it and i'm like yeah. you realize how much you pay for a ticket to go to a movie theater yeah yeah so if you want to go do it i'm doing it for black widow so hopefully it doesn't come that far but yeah. hey i have no issue if it does yep. uh switching over to some video game news uh the playstation store if you're a ps4 fan is uh has uh launched a ps4 essential picks sale uh definitely a lot of good games you should check out with this uh, some of the games uh that are have a certain percentage off i won't read through all of them uh are the last of us part two uh death stranding spider-man game of the year edition this one i'm going to give you the price of uh because it is for the price it is a goddamn steal uh so it's the game of the year edition so it's the base game plus all of the three dlc that came out with it uh for 50 percent off of 39.99 you can get it for 19.99 damn so for 20 bucks you can get the base game all three LDs, three DLCs, highly worth that price. Uh, some of the other ones that uh, twenty, you can get twenty five percent off the game Dreams. If you have not heard of this game and you don't own a PS4, YouTube it. Dreams PS4. It is some of the most bonkers creative content I have ever seen for come from a video game. Mm. It is just you can basically create anything you want. I know at one point somebody created a Mario level. Until Nintendo got pissy and had them take it down. There was some. There was one I saw. If you go to IGN's Facebook page, they shared a video the other day. Somebody made a, uh, a park. You know, like a, like you're out in the in the city or in your local town with benches and trees and grass and the whole thing. And it was blowing. And it's the most realistic thing I've ever seen. So if you own a PS4, definitely check that game out. And if you haven't, don't check out the gameplay because it's bonkers. Uh, some of the other ones, uh, God of War, uh, is you can get uh, 25% off. Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition, 35% off. So that's the base game plus the DLC, which you can easily get 50, 60 plus hours out of this game. And that's if just if you just blow through the story, you don't do everything. That one you can get for $12.99. Uh, also should mention uh, Ratchet & Clank. Tom off the cuff gaming. Yeah. Uh, you can get for 50% off. Uh, so you can get it for 10 bucks, but a whole bunch more. Uh, you can check out the PlayStation store. So definitely some good deals to check out over there. 
Yeah, it definitely sounds it. Mm-hmm. Uh, said I'd mention this one from a girlfriend, Liz Bailey, who is a huge Pokemon fan. We might have a leak at the possible next Pokemon game. Oh. Uh, so there have been some leaks that are hinting that we might be seeing uh, a remake of uh, the Diamond and Pearl games. So much kind of like they redid the first two games with, what was it, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, I think, which originally came out like came out like the initial launch of the Nintendo switch. It looks like they're going to be doing something similar, uh, for the diamond and pearl, uh, in the next few years, you know, the leaks are claiming that, uh, while Pokemon says the article I'm reading says, however, a new leak claims that while Pokemon fans on the right lines, the next major entry, uh, in the story franchise may or may not be a remake of diamond and pearl. So who knows? We'll see. Definitely sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, so also with the video games, AT&T is no longer looking to sell Warner Brothers Interactive Gaming Division. Hmm. Uh, so this is, of course, we mentioned, we've been mentioning a couple of times. Uh, there were reports at least a month or two ago that said AT&T was looking to sell the Warner Brothers Gaming Studio, uh, which includes uh, studios like Rocksteady, NetherRealm, and WB Montreal. Uh, it has now removed its gaming division from its list of non-core assets up for sale. Uh, so Bloomberg reported AT&T has decided, quote, it was too valuable to unload during its effort to pay down debt and streamline, according to people familiar with the situation. Of course, after AT&T merged with uh, Warner Media and that whole thing, they got a lot of debt. Uh, And they're looking to pay down some of it. Uh, And there were reports that they were looking to sell the gaming division, which would have uh, netted them a hefty amount of money. Uh, But they've now decided against it. So good for them. That's a lot of assets to offset offload and i think you make a mistake doing it yeah i agree too i think that that is definitely you know risky to do Mm -hmm. and i think they're doing the smart play here yeah uh, switching to some stream, to the last one, uh, some streaming news. Uh, it is be- HBO Max has announced that there is going to be a fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion special. Uh, really? Yep. So H- this uh, article reads from IGN reads: HBO Max will reunite Will Smith and the cast of the classic sitcom The Fresh Prince of Bel Air for a special in honor of the thirtieth show's thirtieth anniversary. Uh, Smith's Westbrook Media Company is producing the sequel. Uh, joining Smith will be cast members uh, to. Tatiana Ali, uh, Carrie Parsons, Joseph Marcel, Daphne Maxwell-Reed, and Alfonso Ribeiro, okay. as well as the series' recurring guest members and Smith's hip-hop partner, DJ, DJ Jazzy, Jazzy Jeff. Jeff. Uh, he, yes. HBO Max says the special will also include guests, special guest appearances, music, and dancing. Uh, special will be recorded on September 10th, and the 30th anniversary of when Fresh Prince debut will be recorded on September 10th, which is the uh, 30th anniversary of when the first episode debuted. Uh, you know, so definitely something to check out if you are a fan of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I know I've, I love the show. Uh, should know all of the episodes are available on HBO Max. HBO Max is big about doing those reunion shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, still got the Friends one. Coming. Yeah, the Friends one is supposed to be like the big mammoth. Yeah. one, but this one's got m- more of my attention. Yeah, mine too. So for my one shot, I got to talk a little comics. Okay, and this came across my wire, Pat. I can't remember if you pointed this out to me or not. I think I, I did. I think you did. So if you're reading DC comics lately, mm-hmm. uh. They've restarted the Young Justice franchise. We, right. we, we talked about this on a previous episode. Michael, Brian Michael Bendis was doing his own little imprint. Yep. Uh, I know they had the book Naomi was on there, and Young Justice was throwing it back. And if you're not too familiar with it, it's kind of like the other side of the coin from Teen Titans, in my opinion. Mm. It centers around, though, Superboy, Connor Kent, Tim Drake, and Bart Allen as Impulse or Kid Flash, depending on what you want to find him as. So recently, they've been kind of doing a little storyline, and it was announced that 
Tim Drake was having a new costume and name, and he was going as Drake. Mm -hmm. Because for the longtime Robin, number three in the series, uh, when Damian Wayne came on board, he gave up the mantle and was going through, like, the Red Robin phase. And then, you know, he got out of the superhero game, per se. And and it was kind of a little... Go back and forth through the comics. I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. While Damian Wayne took over the role as Robin and really rose to surprising popularity. Because mm-hmm. I think when he first came out in the comics, nobody really liked him, and then he just won everybody over. Right. Especially when they brought him back from the dead. Comics, folks, it is what it is. But in the most recent issue of Young Justice, number 18, Tim Drake has now announced that he is going back to being Robin. Oh. So he has the complete 90s costume, which, you know, he's back with spoiler, if you know the history of those two characters. And also in Teen Titans Annual Number 2 is announced that Damian Wayne is giving up the mantle of Mm. being Robin, like kind of at the same time. So, Pad, let me ask you this. Uh What do you make of this? Uh, it's surprising, to say the least. Uh, I would imagine that in terms of Damien leaving the mantle behind, they must have something big planned for him. They must have, you know, I know I was discussing with you the other day, There, as we record, is no current Ra's al Ghul or head of that organization, per se. Um, maybe he's going, you know, he's been with his dad for so long, maybe he's going to go go over to that side and see what his mom's side is doing. You know, you don't just leave the Bat family, you know, without something big happening yeah i i agree i just don't know where he's going with the character or they're going to give him a new code name because i'll be honest damian wayne won me over as robin mm-hmm. and it's weird but he did i because sure. i would never have said this when the character first came out because I, I he was just annoying as all hell and then when they killed him off ironically by his mom and the whole batman uh international story or incorporated God, I honestly forgot that story, but I just remember that like Grant Morrison got weird, stuff happened, Damian Wayne got killed. Long story short, um, you know, it was one of those, uh, you know, moments in time. Sure. Uh, Batman Incorporated. That was a book. So, needless to say, since he's came back to take the mantle of the Bat or uh, the Robin, it's worked out. Damian, or in the flip side, Tim Drake did get pushed to the wayside. I know there was the whole Red Robin thing, and that was just weird to me. But now to see him back, mm-hmm. I'm really puzzled at what they're going to do with Damian Wayne. Yeah. Because he, it makes sense for him to be Robin on every single level. Tim Drake is a great Robin. I'm, I'm going to say he's probably my number 2A mm. Robin because okay. I, I, I split him and Damian Wayne right now. Sure. Number one is always Dick Grayson. Oh, of course. And then Jason Todd is the last one. But yeah. But Jason Todd does an amazing job as Red Hood. And this is true. It's just weird how it's won me over. So to see this happen, like I'm really curious of what they're going to do with Damian Wayne. Because mm-hmm. I can't see the character being pushed to the side. No, God, no. And I know that what's going on right now with the Joker War, i got to imagine Batman's going to need a Robin for it. Probably. So Tim Drake coming back to the fold, that will be an interesting play, especially if you know the history between Tim Drake and mm-hmm. the Joker. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see what happens here. But this really caught me off guard that, yeah. okay, Tim Drake is going to take the, the mantle back, which, I'm okay, like I said, I'm okay with, but I'm also puzzled because you've really hyped Damian Wayne up to be the heir to the throne. Usually Robins take over as Batman. Mm-hmm. So where does he go from here, especially being a 13-year-old Little assassin with a short fuse. Yep. 
We're going to find out eventually. Some point. Yeah, some point, but I I just, I'm really puzzled by this move. Mm-hmm. So definitely have to hit me up on hashtag ODPH and let me know what you think of the move. Are you a fan of Tim Drake taking back the role after all this time? I was actually all right with him being Drake, but that's just me. But seeing him back in the costume, though, it did make a lot of sense since, yeah. like I said, Young Justice is just kind of a weird book to me. Because, like I say, it's the other side yeah. of the coin to me from Teen Titans. Sure. So have to kind of wait to see what goes from there. So looking at the comic shops, though, um, Batman 98, talking about Batman, the Joker War continues. Mm. And looking at the cover right now, oh boy, Harley Quinn is fighting Punchline. Yep. What else do you need? Uh, Tinian's run there has been, or Tinian's run has been uh, absolutely bonkers. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm really waiting to see kind of how this keeps playing out. Um, like we said, Young Justice, that's out too. So if you want to check out the whole story between you know Robin taking the mantle back, you can definitely go check that out. Marvel side was kind of a little quiet this week, i got to admit. Yeah. Um, really nothing super crazy going on uh, book-wise. I know that um, Wolverine 5 was out, and, I mean, that's been a really good book since it's been out. Empire 6 is out, so if you've been following that whole storyline, that's got something for you too. So definitely head on over to your local comic book shops. Go give them some support. Also check out some great independent comic podcasts, such as the one and only Cheers the Comics. You know Brian's got that pull list for you. He'll, he'll hook you up with whatever info you need before you head to the shops. So that all being said, the music you heard on this episode is that of Shout at the Robots. Now they have got a lot of things lined up, especially they're going to be part of DMG-a-thon happening October 3rd at Dragon Master Games, which we will be airing on twitch.tv slash 607podcast when that comes down. There's going to be a live ODPH pad. Are you ready for that? Ooh. So we got to kind of figure out what we're going to do for it, but we're going to be streaming on there along with Three Fed Nerds, Horizon 607. I hear Cra- Crazy Curtis Gaming is going to be on there too. Oh, all right. There is rumor that we're going to kick off the day with Off the Cuff Gaming, and then at night we're going to close with Shout playing live and Floodlands playing live. So for more information on that, you got to keep following everybody at the 607 Podcast family. But it all starts at OchoDoroParleyHour.com in the music section. We're going to check out everything going on with Shout. You can check out everything going on with Floodlands, Second Suitor, Fair City Fire, and all the great music you hear on the ODPH. While you're there, stop over to the ODPH directory where you can check out Friends of the show, such as Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming, who Pad uh, is still not accepting his apology. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he was talking some trash concerning locks and leaps. Yep. This is going to get ugly before it gets better, folks. Mm-hmm. I'm already warning you right now. Also, there you can check out everything going on with Excite Wrestling, which Johnny Moose is actually going to be on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast this Thursday night as we are recording at 8 p.m. Uh, definitely going to be an interesting episode of 3FNW. So he's got a lot to say, and usually when he swings by, he drops some news that he probably is like, oh, I shouldn't have said that on air. Mm. So what is he going to have in store for us? You're going to have to tune in and find out. Also on the directory, you can find organizational links, supporting Black Lives Matter, and voter registration, and all the amazing pod chaser lists of the groups that we are a part of. So shout out to Legion of Independent Podcast. Shout out to Alternate Reality Radio. Shout out to Pod Nation. Shout out to the Apocalypse. And shout out to hashtag 607 Podcast. What up, Mike C, Rich Ron, and hashtag Big Natty Cool still on Twitter, Pat. Oh boy. Hasn't been kicked off yet because he's bringing the heat. But if you want to find out what he does behind a paywall, head on over to patreon.com slash 8122 productions. All of that and so much more at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. That's all I got for this week. So for the one and only Padawan J. 98 days, still no HBO Max app on Roku or Amazon Fire. 49 days, still no Peacock app on Roku or Amazon Fire. Nobody brings us stats like Pad. Nobody. I'm your host, Kenan. 
Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time. (laughs) 